Welcome back to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. This is your honey badger here, giving it to you straight in the RV business as always. And today we have a very packed episode. Forget October, forget November. I've beaten that up enough. I want to look forward to 2023. So I have my dream job. My dream job was to become a sales rep or sales manager on the factory side of this business. It is giving me more freedom to be with my family. It is giving me more freedom to do this podcast. It's giving me more freedom to do the YouTube channels. It has given me a lot more freedom. But it comes at a price. I joined it in the middle of probably the biggest recession that we're going to see in our lifetime. And the recession is not a crash. All it simply is, and I've said this multiple times, it is a correction back to reality. And that's what needs to happen. So I want to cover what I foresee occurring next year because right now the focus is on the midterm elections. It's November 1st. November 8th is coming. More than likely, it's not going to get sorted out in the first two or three days. It's going to get sorted out in a week, two weeks, a month. It's going to drag on for a while. And let's look at some of the things that are occurring. Number one, I talked to a dealer today in Sacramento that said, well, the amount of customers walking in the door has gone down, but we're still selling a lot of RVs. We're liquidating a lot of inventory. That's huge. That means there's still buyers out there. It means the majority of you have either listened to my advice or found it somewhere else. Maybe Josh the RV nerd convinced you. Maybe Matt's towable and RV reviews convinced you. Maybe Miles RV convinced you. Maybe even my bo- my ex-Navy boy has convinced you. At least one of the five of us has been pushing the narrative. And it is a narrative. Because for a lot of people, they don't understand how the economics of this work. Now, I've gotten some complaints on YouTube. Trust me, I see all the complaints all the time. I respond to your complaints. I got a nasty, nasty email today. I just read it before I started this podcast. It was probably the most hateful email I have received since starting the YouTube channel. Since starting the podcast. But the lady that wrote it to me called me some names that I never thought I'd be called before. Misogynistic. I've never known myself to be misogynistic. I'm an RVer. That I put people down. I make people feel stupid. I, I, I mean, and believe me, I'm using polite words. The terms that she used, I can't say on the podcast. Or let me rephrase, I'm not going to say on the podcast because 
well, I don't think we need to go that route with cussing and some of the verbiage and slurs that were thrown my way. But this is common right now. I mean, I'm going to get my haters. It's the way of the world. Not everybody's going to like me. I'm very direct. That's why I'm the honey badger. That's why in Spanish they call me El Tejón. Speaking of which, just a quick side note, HBRV Lifestyle is now in Spanish. It now has its own Spanish-speaking channel. Don't tell anyone, but there's only two episodes on it right now. But thank you, Mr. Beast. Shout out to Jimmy. Dude, you gave me the most brilliant idea, and I'm going to start making channels in different languages because camping is not just something for Americans and people who speak English, but camping is a world phenomenon. And I think it's something around 80 or 85% of the world doesn't even speak English. So shout out to Jimmy, Mr. Beast. Thank you for the idea. I'm going to commit to that idea. And he didn't give it to me personally. I just watched one of his videos. And it was really interesting to listen to. Guys, folks, ladies, we are going to see a big change in the way we perceive vacation from here on out. In 2023, there's going to be more off-the-grid camping opportunities than there has been in years past. There's going to be more off-the-wall type of campsites that are going to accommodate just about everybody's walk of life. And then what I'm referring to is, is you're starting to see farms, you're starting to see wine vineyards, you're even seeing hotels, Hilton hotels, in fact, that have full hookup RV sites on the premises. In fact, I'm at a Hampton Inn in Red Bluff today, Red Bluff, California, and they have full hookup sites in the parking lot. And it looks like it has about 20 spaces. Of course, up here you got Mount Shasta and you got different venues for camping. But I'm starting to see more and more dry camping possibilities, off the grid, overland type camping possibilities that are going to open up here in 2023. According to an article today I read online through Google, Indio County and Mono County on Highway 395 is gonna open up the Owens River in, a, in, in the majority of the Owens River to RV camping again. During COVID-19, during the lockdowns, and even prior to that, they were shutting it down because it was being overfished. People were not following the rules of the trout fishing up there. They weren't throwing back the natural trout. They, weren't, they were keeping stuff that was less than 24 inches, less than 18 inches in other parts of Owens River. But apparently... They're finding out that the Owens Valley is losing revenue 
because they really cut off a lot of dry camping out there. And what I mean by that is they weren't letting you go take a motorhome off the grid out there. They weren't looking. You were getting ticketed for parking your fifth wheel out there and going fishing. Heck, they, I heard of some situations where people were getting ticketed for tent camping out there. You're also seeing Mammoth Lakes, June Lake Loop, Bishop, California, Big Pine, California, Lone Pine, California are starting to open up dry camping sites. Meaning they're not going to have full hookups. They're going to be like regular, they're, they're going to be used to be tent camping only sites that they're expanding to fit 25 to 30 foot travel trailers and motorhomes. You're starting to see different places in Arizona, Oregon, Washington State, Idaho, Montana, that are starting to open up campsites that don't have full hookups. That's off the grid. That's overland camping for a lot of people. I'm not talking about going out in the middle of the bushes. I'm talking about... And maybe I should clarify this. This is for folks don't care whether they have hookups or not. This is for folks that don't mind accommodations that don't have a water supply directly to the coach or power supply directly to the coach. This is something that at the end of the day is going to become more and more popular next year in 2023. The other thing I foresee coming next year is I foresee that small is going to be the new big. The company I work for has already had the foresight of it. What I sell to dealers, they're going to be able to resell for less than $20,000. <clears> Pardon me. Now, even in California, with all the high shipping, they can sell for less than $20,000, still make a little bit of money, and you're finding something you can tow under 3,000 pounds and under 21 feet in total length. Crazy, right? You're starting to see some a little more expensive options that are starting to come out there in the twenty-five to thirty-five to forty-five thousand dollar range that you can park in your driveway. We're starting to see people go from the tent to let's just get up off the ground. You know what? If I had a toilet, I'm starting to see on TikTok and mostly TikTok anymore, not as much YouTube. But on TikTok, I'm starting to see more and more folks getting in camper vans or doing van conversions or buying Class B motorhomes. I'm starting to see more people go really tiny. Because, again, just like we talked about, People want more access to more areas. I'll give you an example here in California. In California, 
we have a little spot called Kennedy Meadows up in the eastern Sierra Nevada mountains. You need a small pickup truck or SUV and a small under 22 foot trailer to get up in that area. <clears throat> Pardon me. You can't get up there with a big motorhome. You can't get up there with even a 28 or 29 foot fifth wheel. There are campsites along a lot of beaches across the Pacific coast up and down from British Columbia all the way to Mexico that you have to be under 24 feet in total length to get those campsites. And you're starting to see that folks that are first time buyers are like, man, let's experience those things first before we go full time, before we go to the bigger coach, before we go on the longer trips. Now, from what I'm seeing right now into 2023, I'm also seeing a trend. And this trend is incredible. This trend is, watch this folks, pay close attention. People are going to take shorter trips, more planned out, with gas prices as high as they are, you're not gonna see folks making lots of stops. They're gonna make short, concise trips next year. We're talking about somebody leaving on a Thursday night and coming back on a Sunday afternoon. You're gonna see a lot more people go out RVing still, but stay within half a tank of gas range. Because you're gonna see this big bump in gas prices. And I think what people are waiting for right now to make their budget for vacation next year is they're looking at a couple of things. Number one is gas prices. Where are we gonna settle out? Because there's been so much chaos here in 2022, it's hard. As much as I've pushed the, pushed the correct education telling you that this is the best time to buy an RV, October, which already passed, and now November, we got till Thanksgiving, I keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. It's hard for a lot of people to justify it because there's just so much chaos going on. There's too much chaos in politics. There's too much chaos in policy. There's too much chaos in gas prices, food prices, insurance prices, you name it. And the only guarantee we have is that trucks are finally being discounted. Cars are finally being discounted. RVs and boats are, at, are just disgustingly cheap right now. But people right now are trying to sort out the chaos. So I think next year, once we kind of know where everything lands, everybody's going to sit down and go, okay, you know what? You know that one week trip we wanted to take during spring break? Yeah, we're going to do it three days. And instead of going from Denver, Colorado to the Grand Canyon, we're going to go to Bryce Canyon in Utah.
Well, we're in Portland, Oregon. Okay. All right, we're going to go to the Klamath Lake or Crater Lake. We're not going to go down to San Diego, California this year. So the RVing is not going to stop. I think what's going to happen is people are going to do things that are a lot more local. And I think if you're sitting here listening to this on November 1st, or whenever you're listening to this, this if you've listened this far so so much if you've listened to this so far it means that if let's say you live in Ventura, California, start planning and reserving your trips now. Because they're going to fill up quick once it hits about February of next year. Doesn't mean go fill out your reservation form, you got to go do it now. But you better start getting ahead of it right now because I foresee this being a big, big problem where folks are going to be like, I can only do local camping and everything fills up. I think you're also going to see a lot less people camp on, on the holidays. I think that the holiday camping for the first time in the 12 years I've been in this business is going to be dramatically down. I think people are staying away from going out on Memorial Weekend, 4th of July, Labor Day weekend. I think those times of the year are going to dramatically shift. I think people are going to get away from it. And I think that starts next year because they're noticing gas prices spike, prices overall spike. People start gouging a little bit across the country. Sorry to campsites that don't gouge, but there are people who gouge the crap out of people on Memorial Weekend, Labor Day weekend. I can't blame them. They got to make their money. But I think that people are are going to be on a fixed budget. They're going to budget it out. I've explained that realistically, gas prices only cost you about $400 extra a year to take your RV up to 2,000 miles. Some people might say, you know what, I can afford an extra 200. So they cut it down to 1,000 miles. They go, you know what, there's a lake 100 miles from here. It's a two-hour drive. We don't have to be on the road all day. We can get up there in two hours, go set up our trailer, go throw out our lounge, go build a fire, and go enjoy being a family in the fresh air, away from work, away from the stresses of what we're going through as a world, as a nation, as a country, as a continent. I also foresee next year that prices are going to start leveling off. For those of you, and, and guys, don't get mad at me, and please, I get so much hate for this. But your used RV you're trying to sell right now, you're going to have to practically give it away to get rid of it for the next two or three years. I'm sorry if you overpaid for it. I just bought, and for those of you that didn't follow me through this process, but my wife, my kids, and I are moving into a 2019 Cougar fifth wheel bunkhouse on my mom's property in Southern Oregon. We're going full time. It's just the right time to do it before the real chaos in California happens. Uh, it gives me the free, more freedom to do more stuff on YouTube. It gives me more freedom to do this podcast. It gives me more freedom to work and build 
uh, the brand that I represent, and it also helps me with a lot of things like including, oh, I don't know, actually investing money back into my business rather than paying for groceries and rent at six, seven grand a month. And that's on the basics in California. I bought it for $5,000 back of wholesale book from a dealer. Five grand back. And you're like, well, that just killed the market. Yeah. It is killing the market. It's not killing the market in a bad way. It's just correcting the market. These units for the last two or three years, we'll call it two years, the last two years have been grossly overvalued. Guys, I was seeing used value guides trade-in value on some of these trailers, some of these motorhomes for more money than the people had paid for it originally three or four years prior. I watched a guy with a 2017 Thor Windsport 29M. That coach was sold for 79.9. Mike Thompson's back then, RV in Southern California, that was their loss leader coach. That was the leader coach to get people to the lot. 79.9. The wholesale book in 2021 on that motorhome was almost $92,000. $92,000 for 9,000 mile Class A motorhome that sold brand new for 80. That's gross. That's disgusting. Extremely overvalued. And now we're coming back down to reality. Is reality a bad thing? Absolutely not, guys. It's not. It's a positive thing. A lot of people take it as a negative thing. It's a very, very positive thing. Because now that prices are coming down, especially if you're upside down in a trade. It's going to be easy for you to get out of it with a dealer. Now, does it mean you're not going to need cash? Guys, you're going to need cash. You need a cash when I was in this business in 2010. You need cash today to get out of a trade. And by the way, if I ever trade in this Cougar or I ever sell it, I'm going to lose money on it. Even at five grand back of wholesale book, I know that book out is overinflated. That fifth wheel, if I was to have a normal market, I probably would have bought as a dealer somewhere around 18 or 19 grand. Now, I know what he paid for it. He didn't make very much money on me. He made some. He made some profit. But at the end of the day, we have to understand that the last two years, two and a half years, have been a complete anomaly on everything. Boats, RVs, trucks, cars, housing. And the last thing always to go down in price is the stuff that we actually need. And that's where I'm going to segue into the other thing I'm foreseeing. I'm going to foresee 
that you're going to quit eating fast food as much on the road. With fast food restaurants almost doubling their prices on food because they're paying their employees a lot more, well-deserved wages. I'm not going to say it isn't well-deserved. It's always well-deserved when you're sweating in a kitchen, dealing with angry, stinky customers all day. I feel it's well-deserved. At the end of the day, you're going to lose business, though. That's part of being in a capitalist republic. Is I think that you, the RVer, are going to slow down on going to McDonald's, Starbucks. I foresee next year being the year that people start eating out of their RV more. Eating out of their cooler while they're driving. Making their own coffee at the campsite the old-fashioned way. Making their tea the old-fashioned way. I'm foreseeing that a lot of these places, a lot of these campgrounds are going to start offering alternative, more affordable restaurant, coffee, and food choices for customers. So you don't have to go McDonald's or Carl's Jr. or Burger King or Del Taco or Taco Bell or whoever you might be with. I foresee a lot of things going down. I foresee you guys spending less money on accessories that aren't a necessity on the RV. Whether you have a travel trailer, a toy haul, or a fifth wheel, I don't foresee you spending money on a satellite. I, I, I am really starting to see a trend where people are going to streaming services and streaming TVs instead of going to satellite. It's more and more happening. Hotspot, internet, and if bloody Elon Musk could get it right, Starlink. I think the day of di the days of DirecTV and Dish are limited. I think they got a three to five year window left. Normally the RV business is about 40 years behind the car business. But I see the technology part of the RV business because of guys like Elon Musk, because of people like Warren Buffett, because of people like Mark Cuban, and I'll go as far as people like Donald Trump even, invest in certain technological, technological companies that are developing things for the average American or the average person around the world to use internet more freely in more places and have less dead zones. And I think the way of the cuckoo bird, which is a satellite, is, is fading fast on the RV side of things. And let me give you a couple reasons why. Let's start with affordability. I can get Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, and Amazon Prime for about $100 a month if I want the expensive plans. Prime TV has Thursday Night Football, Peacock, and even I'll go as far as Paramount Plus as well, have Sunday football games, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. So you can watch three NFL football games a week along with movies, 
along with uh, shows with less commercials, less interruptions, less money, and you don't have to pay for the NFL package. And then let's take it one step further. And the one step further is this. You're going to get to the point where you can watch all of your NFL games on your div tablet or your device paying for NFL packages. You no longer need the TV and the satellite to watch your football games. And now you can cast your streaming service of the NFL package from your device onto your TV. So there's so much technology out there right now that the satellite is almost, oh, it's, it's a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur. Like the flip phone, it's on its way out of existence. On its way out of existence. And let's, let's just look at the cost. If you put a satellite system on, that's five grand plus. Family receivers, televisions, etc. Right now, the best packages for a remote satellite and remote, remote TV on the road is around $199 a month. For half the money, you can use your tablet and everything, and you don't have the initiating cost of putting the satellite on. In fact, you're going to start seeing some of these manufacturers of diesel pushers. You're going to start seeing manufacturers of Class A motorhomes, Class C motorhomes. They're slowly going, and sure, slowly but surely, they're going to start just putting satellite, Wi-Fi satellites, Wi-Fi antennas on every single coach standard. That's what's going to happen. It's already started. That process has already begun with a lot of brands already. And you're going to start seeing them slowly but surely get away from DISH and DirecTV. Now, on top of all of this, you have to understand that a lot of choices are going to be made. A lot of difficult choices are going to be made by families. We made the toughest choice on earth to move into a fifth wheel, to leave our 1,100 square foot condo in Vacaville, California for the woods. I was telling my wife the other day, everybody asked me this question, like, are you sure you really want to do that? Well, yeah. You know, one, one thing I got, I got asked this by, I'm going to call her a young lady once. We, we, we used to have a lot of chats early in the morning and she knows who she is and she's listening to this I miss you you know who you are and you know I, I used to have conversations with her about adaptability you know and, and, and we were doing it in conjunction with how salespeople are you know say when her when she was doing a sales initially uh, you know, when a couple of people at that same location were doing sales in the 90s and early 2000s, a lot of us had this conversation of you've got to adapt with the times. Okay. 
And you have to be willing to change and adapt and evolve your process and your style in order to succeed. There's a lot of, excuse my language, gentlemen, if you're listening to this and you're a salesperson that I know, there are a lot of dinosaurs in this business. I've been doing it the same way for 35 years. There's dealers out there that don't want to evolve with the times. We've been doing it the same way for 45 years and we ain't gonna change it. We don't see a necessity to change it. Well, the most successful human beings, the most successful animals in the animal kingdom adapt to their surroundings. So, and what I mean by adaptability here is here, here's some things that I find interesting. I did a poll on my YouTube channel asking people, would you like to see me film and give you what my experience is during this process of what it's like to live in a fifth world with my family. The super majority of you, the fans, said, heck yeah, that would be awesome to watch you do that. Not one reply was no. And that's a lot of, there's a lot of people who voted. I think it was somewhere around 900 people, 900 fans, I think, voted for this thing. Between Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, I think it was 900-something fans said, yeah. Absolutely none of them said no. I had the other 10% say, eh, don't really care. We like your other videos better. So I got, I'm going to make a mix of all the videos. I'm going to keep it very cool. I mean, I've uploaded 327 videos in a year and a half. So it just tells you how busy I am. Okay. So, you know, talking to my wife about this, we, we thought, man, you know what? We want out of California. We're tired of it. The taxes on the company are ridiculous. Newsom is getting reelected by a landslide. I don't care what anybody says. Brian Dahl stands no chance in California. And it's just time to move on. You know, I have my dream job. I have a budget. I have a company. I have a social media presence that's growing. I have a podcast that's growing due to you, the fans. What else could I possibly ask for? And the only thing that would stop me is time. So let me explain that. Let me go one step further for you guys, okay? If I stay in California, I would have to work because they're raising the, the because we're spending for the basics $1,300 a month in food. We're not even spending anything extra. I've got two growing 11-year-old girls and I don't eat very much. I eat on the road most of the time anymore. So I'm hardly even home to eat. And we're still spending $1,300 a month in food. I got my power bill last month. My power bill without running the air conditioner, but maybe an hour a day at night past 9 o'clock just to cool down the house and running a couple of fans and just dealing with the sweat and dealing with the heat and dealing with the humidity... Two hundred and fifty-six dollars. 
and we have energy efficient appliances and it was still 250 bucks so to make up that difference during a slow during the winter because the winter is always a slow time in the rv business all the time it you know covid was <clears throat> an anomaly it never happens where dealers make a ton of money in the winter never happens well guess what I would have to work a second job on top of my businesses. My wife, if she goes back to work, we'd have to pay for a babysitter, which eats up every dime she's pretty much going to make at whatever her job's going to be. And I'd have to work a second job, and I have to probably do a gig job as well. And my wife would have to do a gig job as well. Because after taxes, we take home after the business and everything, about $6,800 a month this year. Now, it's usually more, but it's been a tough year. If you throw in $3,300 in rent, $450 car payment, insurance, food, energy bill, streamers. That's all the payments we have. It leaves with just enough money. Just enough money. We looked at it and we're within $46 of margin of error, which means I would have $46 to my name if I continued down that path and YouTube wouldn't grow. My business, I wouldn't be able to work on my business. I wouldn't be able to work on my social media. And I'd be dragging my face through the mud every day. So sometimes we just have to be adaptable. Sometimes we just have to recognize that it's no longer capable, California, and the California RV business is no longer capable of getting you eight to nine grand, 10 grand a month after taxes. It's not. I have buddies of mine that are calling me and telling me, yeah, I got my pay cut again. Because everybody's just tightening their belt, guys. It's, it's, it's getting to the point where dealerships are paying flats. They're not paying commissions because they're liquidating inventory. It's a tough time right now for everyone until the 2022 inventory is sold off and gone. Sold off and gone. So we just have to recognize that. That's the hard part. We just have to recognize and adapt and overcome, just like a Marine. And, you know, does part of, part of me sad because, not because we're leaving our, ha our condo. It's a rental. 
it's I've lived in California most of my life. And I'm going to miss it. I'm still going to come here to visit my dealers and train my dealers and but but there's a difference of knowing I can just drive down to San Francisco for a day or that I'm a five-hour drive or six-hour drive away from a lot of my favorite fishing spots in California. Bishop, California, Lake Sabrina, Bishop Creek, South Lake, Intake 2, June Lake, Crowley Lake. That I'm a 40-minute plane ride, 45-minute plane ride to Las Vegas. And, and, and you hear me pause this long because I'm kind of emotional about it. I'm very emotional about it. But at the end of the day, I could either do one of two things. I could either drain through everything I saved and everything I worked for. I could destroy my credit and just rack up credit card debt to survive however long it's going to take. Or I can invest the money that I've put together into a, into a lifestyle that will eventually not only help people on YouTube and this podcast, but I think my family and I will grow closer together and I think for the first time in my 38 years of living, my 38th Christmas, it'll be a white Christmas. And to me, that's priceless. To watching my daughters play in the snow on Christmas, watching every single wonderful moment on camera to share those moments with people around the world I think that when we look back at this episode when we look back at 2022 and this decision I wouldn't shock me if next year inspired people and that's that's to me worth it worth every every moment every piece of what you would call sacrifice what you call sacrifice I call adapting and overcoming I want to make sure that this podcast, my YouTube channels, the information I share with you, the consumer, you, the dealer, you, the salesperson, the finance manager, the service manager, all the people that make the RV business worth it, the camp host.
I want my legacy to be that of information. Yeah, I want to be rich. Of course, everybody wants to be rich. Everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants a good lifestyle. But I want my legacy to be the education. If I can inspire one person a day for the rest of my life and change their life for the better, that's what I want my legacy to be with us. So... What I want to do is I want to take all the negative emails, all the negative comments, all the hate that I've been getting, calling me some nasty things that don't even equivalent to what I am. And you can only imagine in your head what I've been called. To all of you that hate me, to all of you that hate what I represent, I have two words, well, I have two sentences for you, I should say. You don't have to watch my stuff, and you don't have to listen to my voice. This is information. And I'm hoping one day it inspires someone to do good. I hope one day inspires somebody to want to improve their life, improve the life of their family. I hope it's a guidance. And I don't want to ever be associated with that. I want to negative people. In response to one email I got, I got this long email from... A person in the East Coast of the United States emailed me and said they bought a certain trailer based on the review I gave of it online on my YouTube channel. And she goes on and on and on and gives me all this stuff about how she's going to sue me. How about that? She's going to sue me because of my review online. So I get this letter from this lady. And I simply, I want to put it to, so where I'm responding to this, guys, this is from my personal experience. When I give a review on YouTube about a certain brand, I've done it for Sabre, Attitude, uh, Genesis Supreme, Flagstaff, uh, E-Pro, uh, Columbus Fifth Wheels, Ran uh, River Ranch Fifth Wheels, Landmark Fifth Wheels. I've done a few of them. And there's more to come. I do them off of my personal selling experience. I do them to give you an idea of why I like to sell them and why I hate to sell them. So if you listen to my reviews, which this lady did not listen to any of my reviews, none of them. She did not listen to them. She, Once she heard the good things, she put it on pause. I go over the good and I go over the bad. And there is nobody in the world that would question me on it, on the manufacturing side. 
because they're all wobbly boxes. None of them are perfect. And I give you my personal preference stuff because it's the stuff I sold to people. Everybody laughs at me when they say Winnebago's the best built motorhome. They're so ugly. Yeah, they're built like tanks. They're probably the best built motorhome in the industry. But they're cookie cutter and they're ugly. They should be the standard of how a motorhome is built. In a lot of respects, there's a lot of brands and a lot of manufacturers out there that are copycatting a lot of things Winnebago does because they finally got smart. Man, that's a pretty well-built coach, but we can make ours prettier. There is a difference between Flagstaff and Rockwood. It's called aesthetics. It's called the small little things. They're built in the same plant, same floor plans, same, same cabinet maker, same furniture maker, same appliances, but it's the little things that make Flagstaff different than Rockwood. The very small little things. So the hate now, I don't mind criticism. I get a lot of criticism. Trust me. Criticism is fine. I take criticism and I use it to basically improve my videos and improve this podcast. So I welcome criticism. But hate, there's a big difference. Big difference. Guys, don't forget to vote. And have a great night.